morning, Middle Earth, and welcome to Second Breakfast. We are here to discuss my post-Return of the King and pre-movie thoughts. So let's jump into it. First, I'm going to answer some frequently asked questions I've gotten recently so that it's all here on the table and hopefully y'all can stop messaging me. (laughs) I say that lovingly. I really do. I say that lovingly. But I swear to God, if one more person asks me if I'm going to watch the extended editions, I might delete this podcast. That's not true at all. Anyway, that first question that I get a lot about the extended edition, let's talk about it. Yes, I will be watching the extended editions. Here's how this thing is going to go. I am watching the theatrical editions for my first watch through of the movies. And this is because it's for two reasons. One, I want to see what was originally presented in the theaters when you walked in in 2001 or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) When you walked into the theater and you watched Fellowship of the Ring, what did the directors and the producers present to this first round of audiences? And the other thing is that if I just start out with the extended edition, I'm not going to have any frame of reference for what was cut out in the theatrical edition. And I feel like watching the theatrical and then extended is going to be the best way for me to fully appreciate the extended editions and be like, oh, okay, I see when they they included this scene originally and it adds so much more character growth to Tom Bombadil, obviously not Tom Bombadil. And the way that this is going to go covering it episode-wise, this kind of leads into my next frequently asked question is, how exactly am I covering these? And the, that's a great question for you and for me, because the general answer is that I will be kind of figuring this out as I go along. I have a plan for covering the movies, but I feel like a lot of that is going to change once I actually start recording them. What this means is that I will have three episodes for Fellowship of the Ring, theatrical edition. And then before we move on to Two Towers, there will be a separate episode to specifically talk about the extended edition and talk about the scenes that are included in that. And was it worth it to cut those scenes for the theatrical edition? Did it hurt the movie? Did it help it? Things like that. So there will be full discussion of both versions. And the way that I'm going to be covering these movies is always going to come with the intent that I want to do these justice. I don't just want to rush through these. This might mean that I told my guests that, hey, we're going to cover minute one to 54 of Fellowship of the Ring. And we get on the call and we talk and we record for two and a half hours. Oops. That tells me that for the next episode, maybe I give a smaller chunk of time to my next guest to discuss. This also means that maybe that episode is split into two and then you hear two full weeks because I don't want to cut anything. I really don't want to cut any discussion. I don't want to have to rush it. I don't want to have to be like, oh, we're 40 minutes into our recording and we're only 15 minutes in. We got to rush through the next couple sections. I want to do it justice because these are really insane movies, culturally speaking, from like a film industry speaking way, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to talk about and I want to do it justice. And then to pull back the curtain a little bit to show you the schedule, and I say this very loosely because I feel like a lot of it, once I record a couple of the first movie episodes, I will be figuring things out and then the next couple episodes will be better and they'll improve as they go along. So when I say schedule, it's a loose schedule. But anyway, the schedule is that I will be covering these movies until the end of this year, which means, which is very exciting, that the first episode of 2021 will be the first chapter discussion of The Hobbit. 
And then one more thing before I get to y'all's questions is just kind of talking about the guests that I'm planning to have for the movie episodes. Some of them will be returning guests from the book episodes. Some of them will be totally new guests. Some of them might be people who have never read the books and are just movie people. And I'm trying to get a wider range of viewpoints as always, like I was tr- intending to do. <laughs> I say intending because I don't know if I actually ended up doing that or not. <laughs> My intention is to get a variety of viewpoints. So getting those people who have read the books, who haven't read the books, people who have seen the movies, people who are... So here's the thing, my dream. I'm putting this out into the universe. They say to put things out into the universe. My dream would be to get Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus on because, or one of them, literally either of them would be amazing because they have a podcast called Newcomers and their first season was them watching Star Wars and now they're watching Lord of the Rings. And I... It would be a dream to have them because they're both amazing, talented comedians. And also Nicole Byer's voice just makes me so happy. If you haven't listened to her voice, like it's such a happy voice and her laugh, like her voice just makes you want to smile. Anyway, okay. (laughs) So point being is that there's going to be a variety of guests, people who love the movies, people who are seeing them maybe for the first time along with me, people who saw them in the theaters in 2000. One, four, ten, I don't know. And people who have read the book. So we're getting everyone. It's going to be a fun time. That's the game plan. That being said, let's jump into your questions. Okay, first, I'm going to answer some questions from Discord. If you are not in our Discord community, you are missing out. It is such a kind, amazing, positive group of people. And you can join by becoming a patron for $3 a month. Go to Tolkien About... Nope. Go to patreon.com slash Tolkien About Pod to learn more about our Discord here. Okay. Anyway, um, the first question I think is great. Oh my gosh, it's great. This is from Claire. And she said, would you have voluntarily read Lord of the Rings if you didn't have to for the podcast? And the answer is no. No way would I have read these (laughs) at all. And the other thing is that even if I had read them voluntarily, you know, even if I was like, you know what, I'm going to tackle these books, I do not think I would have made it far into Fellowship of the Ring. No way would I have read these books had it not been for this podcast. Nora asked, do you think you will prefer the movies or the books? And this is going to be hard because... It, sh- it just feels like the universal rule of book-to-movie adaptations is always the book was better, but I feel like the movies are going to be so much easier to consume because they're not going to be bogged down with all of the details and the slow-moving parts that Tolkien was, like, in my opinion, really terrible with and made the reading really hard. So I feel like I'm going to like the movies better. But at the same time, like, I remember when I watched Fellowship of the Ring for the first time a couple of years ago, which, by the way, side note, I live tweeted that first watching, my only watching of Fellowship of the Ring. And I went back and I found the tweets and I will be sharing them throughout the episodes as I'm covering Fellowship of the Ring. And they are hilarious how spot on they are without with like me knowing nothing. Anyway, I forgot what I was even saying. Something about the movie. Oh, yeah. How the first time when I watched them, it was like just a lot, I guess. I don't know. I like thought it was boring and it just didn't captivate me and I was annoyed with it. So who knows? Taylor asks, have you listened back to any of your old episodes to see what you got right or wrong? The answer is no. I do not listen to my old episodes. (laughs) Just not even like to see what I got right and wrong. 
Uh, it's because it's too cringe for me. It's too cringe. I had my microphone facing the wrong way for the first 14 episodes, y'all. It's way too cringe. And Casey and I talked about this too on our episode that came out this past week, I think. He said he went back and listened to it. And I was like, oh my God, you are a brave, brave man to do that. Maybe one day I will go back and listen to those. But also I have 5 billion podcasts to listen to. So I don't have time to listen to my own voice again. Mare asked, what part of the story surprised you most? <sighs> um, I guess all the stuff with Denethor, maybe? And I guess kind of maybe that entire section of the book of like the battle. And there was like a lot, there was a lot of drama. As our, as friend of the pod, Haley Semkiss says, for the drama. I think that was just like Dang, there's a lot happening here. We got a battle happening over here. Theoden's dying, Eowyn and Mary. That was also surprising. Like Mary helping to take down the Witch King. They're taking down the Witch King. And then Pippin is begging Denethor to not set him and his son on fire. Insane. So I guess like kind of those couple of chapters in the first part of Return of the King. Casey asks a fun question. Which Lord of the Rings characters would end up in the bad place? I mean, technically, because of the show, we know that the point system is messed up and it's not accurate and they would probably all end up in the bad place for one thing or another, you know? I think definitely Denethor. Y'all are going to hate me for this, but I feel like Boromir. I feel like Boromir would end up in the bad place. Um, who else? I mean, yeah, Sauron, Saruman, the orcs, Wormtongue. Who else are in these books? There's a lot of characters. Bill Fernie. Bill Fernie, you all know he would be first in line in the bad place. That's, we can all agree on that for sure. And then also, I kind of feel like Tom Bombadil, you know, like, I feel like he gets negative 5,000 points for being like the most powerful person in Middle Earth and then doing nothing to stop imminent doom and evil, you know? All right. So those were the questions from Discord. Now we're going to move to questions from Twitter. Meredith Miller asks the all-important question that I think a lot of you are also thinking. Now that you finished the story, how do you feel about Sam? Excellent question. So, <laughs> um, I definitely have more respect for him, and I understand that had he not been in the story, Frodo would have failed, <laughs> and Sarm would have gotten the ring, and the world would have ended. Literally nothing would have succeeded without Sam there. I also appreciate the growth we love the growth. Watching him go from this like submissive, I hate that word, but like that's kind of what his character was in the beginning, submissive side gardener character, and then growing to be Samwise Gamgee, basically, you know, like kind of taking the, not kind of, definitely taking the lead in Mordor and being like, Frodo, this is what we're going to do. And being really brave. He fought Shelob, that's awesome. He went in head first into was it not Minas Tirith, Minas Morgul, something like that. Yeah. And to rescue Frodo. Like that's awesome. Very brave. Love to see it. Love the growth. That being said, he's still not my favorite. He's very far from my favorite character. It's not that I hate him. I don't think I've ever really truly hated Sam. I just really didn't like him that much. He was just kind of annoying a lot of the times. I also just really hated the way that Tolkien wrote his relationship with Frodo to be that of master and servant rather than friends. 
Or more than friends, wink, wink. So I don't know. I mean, it's complicated, I guess I'll say. That, you know, that being said, just because I don't really like Sam doesn't mean that I don't appreciate his character and I don't see, I don't see that growth. Um, I appreciate all that and I see that he, he saved the day. Yeah. Alyssa Stout on Twitter asks, how does Lord of the Rings compare to what you thought it would be in the beginning? Honestly, it's kind of, I should really go back and listen to what I should go back and I know I said I wouldn't go and listen to my old episodes, but what I should go back and listen to is the like trailer teaser episode I did that was like, I think it was like 15 minutes talking about my expectations going in. I think if I remember correctly, I was talking about how it would be hard to read because the language would be old or it would be kind of dry or I would get easily distracted or something. And that's definitely true. Definitely the female character, the female representation (laughs) is lacking. But I don't think, I have to say, I don't think I expected to learn this much about the characters or like connect. I think that's the main thing is that I think because it was written such a long time ago, I didn't really expect to feel some kind of like connection to any of it. It feels so, it feels like it was so dis, like not only was it written so long ago and it's written in, it feels like a totally different language, even though it is English. It's also set in this fantasy world that is nothing to do like our own. So I felt like I would be able to read it and just feel like, oh, okay, whatever these characters, but like actually feeling sad when something sad happened to Merry and Pippin and feeling and like laughing when Gimli and Legolas did something and feeling proud of Aragorn when he did you know those kinds of things I guess I didn't really expect to feel I didn't really expect to feel that kind of like connection with the the characters in the story. Mots asks do you have a favorite and least favorite character? Okay, I guess least favorite character. Let's start there. I guess from a a villain's perspective, it's really easy to just be like, oh, my least favorite character is Sauron. But just picking a villain, I guess I would say my least favorite character would be Saruman. From a non-villain perspective, my least favorite character is, and drumroll please... And then from a non-villain perspective, I'm also going to, I'm going to pick like a a main character and not like a random side character because least favorite random side, you know what? Let's just do them all. Random favorite background side character, or random least favorite background character, Bill Fernie. Great. Um, Least favorite kind of main character. Drum roll, please. I think it's Boromir. I'm sorry, y'all, but I think it's Boromir. It's Boromir. I'm just laughing at myself because y'all were so adamant, like, oh, your feelings on him will change. And I'm like, I don't know about that. And y'all were like, he's going to be redeemed once you meet Denethor. And I was like, "Mm okay. And then favorite character, Tom Bombadil. (laughs) Um, Favorite character, Aragorn, Faramir, Pippin. I don't know. It's kind of hard to pick a favorite character. I guess I'll say Aragorn. No. See, picking a favorite character is hard because I like a part of me wants to say Galadriel, but like we barely see her. And then a part of me wants to say Gandalf, but he is extra AF. <laughs> and then same with like Aragorn. So I don't know. I guess that kind of answers the question. Aragorn is great. Gandalf. The el- Can I just say the elves in general? Just like the concept of the elves. All right, moving on to Facebook. 
Jalissa in our Facebook group asks, what scene or character are you most excited to see in the movies? That's a great question. Um, Definitely Tom Bombadil. <laughs> see, the thing is, is that had I had no one told me that Tom Bombadil is not in the movies, I would 100% be like, oh, yeah, Tom Bombadil. We're going to see him. We're going to see the old forest. We're going to see the Barrow Whites. It's going to be dope. But the fact that I know that he's not in just saddens. You know what? Maybe maybe that's for the best, though, because now I'm not I'm not set up for disappointment. I know ahead of time that there is no Tom Bombadil. There is no war in Bossing Say. What scene? I feel like I, I'll, I'll pick one from each book. How about that? Okay. I think I'm most excited to see for Fellowship of the Ring. I'll go with... Bilbo, like the beginning and the Shire and Bilbo's birthday party and his speech and and the fireworks and everything. I guess maybe like the Council of Elrond would be cool to see. Oh, and Moria and the Balrog and everything. <laughs> I said I was going to pick one scene, whatever. Two Towers. What happens in Two Towers? Sheila. Oh, I'm excited to see Sheila. Not excited to see Gollum. <laughs> Uh, what happens in Tribute? Oh my god! The ends! I totally forget! Yes, hands down. Excited to see the ends, excited to see Treebeard, so excited to see all of that. Also excited to see Battle of like Hel- the stuff that happens in Isengard and Helm's Deep and stuff, because that's stuff that when I was reading it in the books, it was a lot of like action things that were being told at me. So it'll be nice to just like watch it. <laughs> just have it unfold before me. And then Return of the King, Eowyn and the Witch King. I think I've heard that the scouring of the Shire is not in the movie, but I want to say that just in case it is. <laughs> and then I guess just like battles in general, because again, that's another thing. I think that goes for the whole, maybe all of the books is I'm excited to see the action scenes because those are really hard to read, but they'll probably be a lot more entertaining on screen. And then in terms of characters, I'm excited to see Faramir. I'm excited to see Eowyn. I'm excited to see Denethor. And like, ooh, that's another scene. I keep thinking of things. Denethor and just everything going disastrous for him. Love to see it. Again, in our Facebook group, Yariv, sorry if I said your name wrong, asked, what would you expect a movie adaptation to change that you would like to keep? Ooh, that's a great question. Not just like what will change in the movie adaptation, but what would I want to keep? Uh, Yeah, Tom Bombadil, please. I know, I know for the sake of pacing and storytelling, it's useless. I guess maybe a lot of the stuff with the ints will be cut. Like those chapters were really nice because like you got to sit with the ints and Treebeard and talk to them and it just kind of felt more comforting. But I guess for the sake of pacing, you can't really, you know, it would like really slow things down to let the audience watch a 10 minute scene with the ints of Treebeard just talking with Merry and Pippin. And then, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure. I'm really, truly not sure if any of the scouring of the Shire stuff is in the movie. So if it's not, I want them to keep that in the movies. Okay. <laughs> Danny asks, favorite chapter? Uh, Treebeard? Still, maybe? It might still be Treebeard? The Pyre of Denethor is very dramatic. Okay, uh, I'm I'm thinking way too hard about this. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go with Treebeard. That was a great chapter, and I immensely enjoyed it. And then before I move on to questions to Instagram, first I want to answer a question from Josh who emailed me, and Josh was asking about a question 
comparing this podcast and journey being similar to that of Mike Schubert from Potterless, obviously those comparisons are correct. I, I did the exact same thing that he did, but with Lord of the Rings. Anyway, um, <laughs> and he was talking about how there is this shift uh, at some point into the first couple episodes of Potterless where Mike went from kind of making fun of the books and just being like, LOL, what's happening? Wizards, Deluminators, whatever, to actually enjoying the books and connecting with the material to where he is now, where he's like a part of a fandom. So Josh's question was, do I feel now like I'm a part of the Lord of the Rings fandom and community, or do I still feel like a kind of outside commenter? I guess I would say I still feel like I'm a I'm commenting on Lord of the Rings and I'm still kind of like on the outskirts of the of the community and the fandom. On the outside always looking in. The other thing is just that like I'm also just at an age where I'm not really a fandom person anymore. That was I think maybe had I done this a couple years ago if I was in college or high school, maybe I would like be really into the fandom and going on Reddit and watching YouTube videos and listening to other podcasts and Tumblr. Oh my God. Can you like for the sake of 2012 me, let's be thankful I did not watch the movies or read the books or anything. Had I been in a a Lord of the Rings fandom phase on Tumblr in 2012, that would have been terrible and disastrous for everyone involved. Yeah, I guess my answer is I still feel like I'm kind of just commenting on on the works, but it's also a little a little mixture of both. Uh, And that's the other thing is when I started the podcast, I came in with the perspective of I can't wait to troll Tolkien fanboys and I can't wait to troll the Lord of the Rings fandom. But the thing is, is that I also learn to appreciate it and pick up on on the moments where Tolkien is a really great writer and the world building is great and the characters have really great moments and there's a really funny line or something really cool or sad happens in the story. I don't even know if that answered the question, but that's my answer. <laughs> and finally, moving on to questions from Twitter. Hey, it's Mary Clay from the future and I for sure meant to say Instagram and not Twitter. Okay, back to past me. The first question comes from Mithril underscore Fiendtory. Sorry. Why didn't you talk about Ted Sandy, man? He was one of your big rants during fellowship. This is a great question. And the answer is I probably forgot. <laughs> um, the other thing is just that when I was getting to the end, uh, those last two chapters for Return of the King discussion, there was a lot to talk about. And so there wasn't at, there wasn't really as much time for me to sit there and be like, Ted Sandy, man. The answer is partially. I forgot that I ranted about him. And I also just didn't have time to rant about him. This is an excellent question. And I appreciate it. From Instagram user Samwise Baggins with a Z. Asked, best meme you have created. So Technically, if we're speaking from a numbers perspective, the best meme I created was for two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I don't remember. And it's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine meme and it's Gina dancing in the foreground and the background is like a fight breaking out and Gina has headphones on and so she can't hear what's happening behind her. And then Gina said Bilbo chilling in Rivendell after passing off the ring to Frodo and then the fight behind her is... The events of Lord of the Rings. And this one went viral. It has over 5,000 likes now on Instagram. And it's been stolen from me by several different accounts, which is annoying. Side note, if you follow Tolkien About on Instagram, you'll have already heard this rant, but I'm going to squeeze it in again. If you are a fan account who depends on reposting 
content from other fan accounts or other people's fan art or other people's creations in any way, shape, or form, you need to credit them. Because if you don't, and the thing is, is that this doesn't come down to like, oh, I'm mad that someone posted my meme on Reddit without crediting me. It comes down to this happens for artists who are trying to make a living by selling their artwork. And when you repost their stuff without crediting them, they're losing a lot of money because there are people out there who are like, oh, I love that art, that piece of art. I would buy it if I knew who who did it and I knew who was selling it. Yeah, just credit people. And now what's annoying is that I'm going to have to start watermarking my memes That's a real sentence I said. I have to start watermarking my Lord of the Rings memes because it's the okay. The other thing is just that, like, I put a lot of time and energy into this podcast and the associated social media accounts. And so for people to take the stuff that I make to promote my podcast and then take my name off of it, it's annoying because if they had left my name on it, that could be another 100 listeners, you know, new listeners who when they see the meme, they're like, oh, this person who created it has a podcast. Let me check it out because I like their sense of humor. But nope, I don't have that because you took my name off of my meme. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Okay, but that's not the answer. The real answer is my favorite memes I've created are the ones where I did Denethor as Lucille Bluth. And these are the most underappreciated memes that I've created on the Tolkien About Instagram. They didn't get a lot of likes. It upsets me because they're so accurate. They're so accurate. And it makes me laugh. So it, it was just like a time where I was, I was scrolling through Tumblr and I was like, oh, I found one Lucille Bluth quote that works perfectly for Denethor. Great. I'm going to use this. And then I just kept finding them. And it made me laugh so much. And so I made all of them and it was hilarious, and it wasn't as appreciated as I would have hoped. So those are my best memes that I've created for Lord of the Rings. Okay. <laughs> Eliles underscore picks asks, why do you think the story continues to be a consistent must read? And honestly, I wouldn't say that is, I wouldn't say that's true anymore. I think maybe 15 years ago, it would be true. But I think it's falling into, I don't want to say obscurity, because it's still like one of the most famous fantasy series of all time. (laughs) But it's getting to a point now where people are like, I don't have time to sit down and read a fantasy series about all white men. And it's a thousand pages long. And it's dry to read at some points. And it's very slow moving. And there's 50 billion songs. And the one cool female character is immediately thrusted upon a male to marry. And my answer, I think, is that I don't think it is a must read anymore because I think there's more relevant literature now that people can read if they want to read a fantasy series about women, about black people, about gay people, and none of that is present in this series. So I don't think it really is a must read anymore. I think it's a must read for people who are maybe in college and they're taking a fantasy class or they're wanting to become a fantasy author because Tolkien set up a lot of the fantasy genre a hundred percent and set up a lot of tropes and he really set a precedent for fantasy series and world building and create character creation and a language (laughs) and you know showing the detail that he put into it is definitely something that I think is valuable for writers to learn about and read but I don't think that it is a must read anymore 
Especially because why would you read a thousand pages when you can watch the movies? Uh, Instagram user Chloe M48 asks, thing you got the most wrong. I was so convinced. I was like, oh, Saruman, he's another wizard. He's Saruman the White. He's good. So we're going to go get his help. Oh, oh. He's he's not on our side. Oh, no. Okay. So don't worry. We're going to go and we're going to convert him back to our side and we're going to fix him. We're going to awaken him to the troubles he's causing and we're going to snap him out of this and he's going to be on our side again and he's going to join us in this fight against Sauron and evil in Mordor. And that's not at all what happened. I was so convinced. I I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen with this character. I was like, obviously, we're going to go and we're going to get him back on our side. Again, another point where, hmm, maybe am I perhaps a better writer than Tolkien? I'm not at all. I think it would have been really interesting to have to to see that transformation in him and to be like, oh, okay, so even though he's done a lot of evil and even though he's aligned himself with the wrong, you know, with the bad guys, with the wrong side, it's never too late to learn the errors of your ways and to turn back around and to join the good fight and to fight against the people that are oppressing people. And it's never too late. Is this an allegory for the 2020 presidential election? I don't know. You tell me. It's never too late to educate yourself and to be like, maybe this isn't the best decision for me to be choosing this one guy, Sauron, <coughs> Trump. Um, and maybe I should join this other side, <coughs> Biden, even though I made a lot of mistakes and I dedicated myself to this bad guy, Sauron, Trump. Um, and <laughs> I'm going to stop it with this whatever metaphor you get. It. But that like, it, I think it would have been a really compelling story to tell that. That being said, Biden 2020. Kane underscore I on Instagram. Hi, Nora. Asks one question or what's one question you would ask Tolkien if you could? I joke a lot about Tom Bombadil, but honestly, I think I would not even like ask him be like, can you explain more about Tom Bombadil? I think I would just ask him like, why did you put this guy in your story if he was going to have no effect on the rest of the events that followed afterwards? I think that's what I would ask is be like, why would you make this completely obscure character and have him be like all knowing and all powerful essentially and then do nothing with him? Mots asked, favorite character who had little to no effect on the general story. Favorite who had little to no effect. Dom Bombadil. I mean, am I wrong? You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Bill the Pony. TBH, I feel like Denethor, he really didn't. The only thing he did was like, I'm trying to think of what would have happened if like they showed up in Minas Tirith and Denethor isn't there. And the only thing that would have happened is that he wouldn't have died, right? Because it's not like he went out on the battlefield and killed people or this is assuming that like if his character is not there, that there is some other leader in place that would be leading the people of Minas Tirith, whatever. But I think Denethor, does he have any effect on the story at all other than like, because the again, y'all are like, oh, his the way he raised Boromir says has a lot to do with Boromir's character. It really doesn't. Boromir's just dumb as a bag of rocks. All right. And that was the last question I'm going to answer because I've already answered a lot of questions. I've been talking to myself for, we'll have to see what I edit this thing down to. But as I'm doing this, I've been recording for 50 minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's way too long to be talking to yourself. Uh, thank you to everyone who submitted your questions. I'm sorry if I didn't get to yours, but as you can tell, there were a lot of questions to talk about and I ramble because I don't know. Follow That's What I'm Talking About on Instagram and Twitter at Talking About Pod as usual. And if you're not already a member, you should join the Facebook group. It's very fun. People share memes and funny videos and funny theories. And it's just a fun time. I really enjoy it. And it's great to see people like talking in the comments of posts and, and whatnot. So just do that. Yeah. And that's it. We are about to start a whole new journey. A whole new world. Nope. It's a whole new journey. And I'm excited. And I'm excited for y'all to come on this next part of the journey with me. Like I, I, I said it in the episode that I did with Casey. This isn't the end of the podcast. Obviously, it's just we're starting a new chapter. Think of it like it's season two, if that's what I'm talking about. Or is it season four? Because technically season two would have been two towers. I don't know. You decide. And thank you if you have come along on this journey with me. I appreciate all your support. And by the way, if I didn't have the support that I've had so far for this podcast, I would watch the movies. I would do one episode each movie and then be like, okay, and this is the last episode of That's What I'm Talking About. Thank you for listening. Bye. I wouldn't be reading The Hobbit or watching The Hobbit movies and going into all these other things that have been created about Lord of the Rings. So just know that I appreciate your support a lot and I'm excited for what's to come in the future. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>